Welcome to a football show, Monday edition, AFC NFC Championship Day edition, and of course, the week week two and a half of the Tennessee Titans coaching search here, of course, uh, on the 440 Sports Network, brought to you by Sinker's Beverages and the Kingston Group. Make sure you support good local business, Sinker's Beverages up in East Nashville, two-time defending liquor store of the year in the city of Nashville, and of course, Kingston Group, also an award-winning locally owned business. Uh, if you have any questions about your house, make sure you check in with the Kingston Group. My name is Braden Gall. That is Zach Lyons. Of course, you can get to us on the uh, all over the socials, of course, uh, the YouTube page, the podcast feed, uh, twitter.com is the URL of the website, uh, and of course, anywhere you get your podcast. So, football and other F-words stack in the inbox. Zach, how was your weekend, big man? How are you? It was good until I, we got home yesterday. We went out to Chattanooga um, for Lauren's uh, big licensing test was only in like Chattanooga or Birmingham. So we chose Chattanooga and we had a few people come out and join us, made a big weekend of it. Uh, but I left the pipes running and I had someone come in to clean the house for a nice surprise. They turned all the pipes off without going without water 24 hours so far. So no, fantastic so, uh, weekend with a um, God works in mysterious ways to test my patience every week <laughs> and allows me no happiness. Oh, my God, that's terrible, dude. Uh, See, so I guess I guess you have the old metal metal pipes there. That's brutal, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, it's apparently underground. Uh, it's our underground pipes. Uh, so they were uh, not, apparently not buried deep enough. Uh, which is uh, Meritage Homes can go fuck themselves. So, so tune in on Thursday to find out the latest in what is actually Watergate. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So today on the show, there's a couple of different things we want to uh, debunk is not the right word, but there's a couple of different things that happen in during coaching searches and with fan bases, they get impatient. And obviously they also react to recency bias. They see something over the weekend and they say, oh, no. That wasn't good or, oh, that was spectacular or whatever. So we're going to touch on a few of those items today on the show and just sort of, um, you know, patience, I think, is important. Uh, and recency bias is, you know, got to be cautioned by recency bias. So we'll do that. What did we learn, of course, about the uh, the weekend that was it was extremely painful for me in a very different way, uh, Zach, because I was I had no expectations as a Packers fan going into the game against the San Francisco 49ers expecting to be fully put in their place. Uh, and then they just they fucked around and gave me hope, which is the worst possible thing a football team can do to anybody. <laughs> so so uh, I uh, but I but I've been taking it like a champ uh, all, all weekend long. I was fine. I was good to go. Otherwise, I thought it was a fantastic final final uh, divisional round weekend. Uh, and, and obviously the latest in the Tennessee Titans coaching search is going to be uh, a big part of today's show because we've got second interviews taking place. Uh, all kinds of things that are happening. New names came up over the weekend that have been added to the list. And I think I've kind of settled, and maybe in part because I've been convinced of you, uh, convinced by you of what you've been telling us. I think I'm also sort of convinced of who I think the Titans should go after uh, once and for all. I think I'm finally settled on it. So we'll do that today on the show. Uh, otherwise, Sinker's Beverages, Uber Eats, Search, now that everyone can drive everywhere, of course. Hope everybody stayed warm and safe. But uh, Sinker's Beverages, great, great booth selection. Fantastic bourbon wall. One of the best bourbon walls in the city. Huge wine selection, huge beer fridge. They'll take care of all your needs if you have any questions. And of course, Uber Eats, search Sinker's Beverages and have the booze delivered directly to your house. They'll drive so you can drink. There you have it. Uh, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. Check out the socials as well as through their work. You can see their, all, all the great stuff that they do all over the city. 
fantastic custom home. Uh, if you have a remodel you want to do, if you're buying a house and you want to, and you know you're going to have to do some work on it, if you're selling a house and you know you need to do some work on it, make sure you talk to them. Of course, the Kingston Group BuildKG.com is the website. I- anything at all you learned? I-, I thought it was a really awesome weekend of NFL playoff football. Uh, I don't know who the tight. My my wife actually asked me who who like who are we rooting for in the Houston Baltimore game, and and I don't know. Like obviously the Titans. Titans fans hate both of them. <laughs> so, so I'm just curious I'm who you... for Baltimore that week. Uh, I always, I kind of do it like it's in division rivals first. They, they get first uh, hate towards them. Uh, <laughs> but this week, obviously the Ravens fall down into the likability power rankings down to number four. So out of the, out of the four teams. Um, but ultimately I wanted the Ravens to win. I, I, was so I figured they would win because I think Mike McDonald is is the the more I watched of Mike McDonald these the uh, his last two seasons games the more impressed I am and um, I think that it was on full display like he was getting pressure and confusing every everything that was going on in that offense and it and so I was rooting for not only I guess the clear winner but also the fact that. Fuck the Texans, and I wanted I wanted <laughs> to have a rough game in the playoffs, and that's what I wanted to begin with. I was hoping for the first round, but uh, they got kind of a cakewalk on um, in that. Game. And and I like if I follow that train of thinking, like I would I I hate the Lions, right? As a Packers guy, I should hate the Lions, but the Lions are so effing likable. Like it's so the story, the oh the yeah, friend, like it's so likable. Dan Campbell and Jared Goff's res, you know the the reemergence and like all the young players that are just fun to watch. Like it's just a fun team and two great coaches. Of course, Titans fans, very interested in both Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. Although Ben Johnson doesn't appear to be interested in anything. (laughs) Maybe the Carolina job, but um, it's just, it was just, it's hard to like not root for the lions, you know, like, especially, I mean, obviously lions are the, I think the, the, I would say the Lions are the the favorite for almost every team that's not in the playoffs. Like yeah, that's your that's I, the team I, that you're rooting for. I, I it's one yeah, of the NFC yeah. teams more than likely. Yeah. It's either Detroit or San Francisco. But you even hear that their own in division rivals. You're a Packers fan. I've heard Lion or I've heard Chicago Bears fans. Don't know any Vikings fans, but I've heard both people both sets say, "Hey." I am rooting for the Lions. It's hard not to root for the Lions. Yeah. Everything about and there's the city. They have the best collection of celebrities rooting for them too. I mean, Keegan Michael Key, Sam Richardson. Um, shit, I knew his, I wasn't going to remember his name. Uh, the I think you should leave guy that I can't remember. How, how, Eminem, Jack White was is is also surprisingly a Detroit Lions fan. I mean, they got a really good collection of of easy to root for celebrity fans as well. Well, Jack Jack's born in Detroit and yeah. has his home in Detroit and grew up a huge Tigers fan. He's also a Cubs fan, so you know I don't. know. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, also, just very strange in general. Jack White, just as a human being, one of the more talented. He and- is still harping on this. I don't understand it. I do love mock drafts. I don't know why he keeps alluding to the fact that I don't love mock drafts, and I've told him numerous times. I think he's confusing me with Mike and Stony. I love mock drafts. I enjoy. Sorry, mock I've drafts. already derailed the conversation. No, 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 you're good. Understand- I've kept I've had to tell him this like 40 times and I and I feel like he's trying to like say that I'm annoyed by them 
And maybe I'm misinterpreting, but I'm not. Yeah, Tim I look Robinson, at I, I look at mock I look at a mock draft and I enjoy it for the eight seconds it's that it that it's there in front of me and then I, I move on two and or I three I do two or three mock drafts a day on my phone so like it is. <laughs> It's a lot of work. By the way, I just noticed that as when I grabbed that when I grabbed the microphone, check out this look here. Uh, the two, the, the five, the seven, the seven and the five year old got to me yesterday during the Bills Chiefs game uh, as they were having a fun. And I do look like Jack White now. I like, guess what I'm, is what I'm, and you have to be watching on YouTube to see it. You have to yep. be watching on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe. Click that little button. Lots of big stuff, by the way. Quick shout out, uh, Paul Feinbaum going to be on 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 the 440 Sports YouTube page this week. So make sure you check out. Uh, all the college football stuff that's going on over there, as well as all the great stuff uh, from uh, Broadway Sports, Zach and F Words, as well as um, Hot Repot as well. Yes, this is my goth era. Uh, it's beginning. Uh, look, it's what the, I said. I looked at my seven-year-old. I said, you pick whatever you want. Whatever you want. I'm, I'm, he I'm here for you. Whatever you want. And that's what she went with. So uh, if it looks weird on screen, <laughs> just just know it wasn't by choice. <laughs> it wasn't by choice. Look, I, I was pretty... The Niners are very annoying to me, but there's so much. I have a tough time watching the Niners because, like, I hate them as a franchise growing up as a kid. I hate the Cowboys and the Niners as much as anybody, like, just as a pure fan. But they are so, so fun to watch schematically that I have a tough time, like, not appreciating it while also being pissed off, which is a very strange emotion watching a football game. Same with the Lions. That's how I am watching the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I was rooting for the Bills just to see something different because Baltimore yeah. and Buffalo would give us something new. Detroit and and Buffalo would be like the Super Bowl that America needs, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I don't know if there was anything else you noticed. I thought the way that Buffalo and, and Kansas City ran the football was interesting. I thought Baltimore's adjustments on offense because D'Amico Ryans was just coming after their ass the entire game. The first half, it kind of worked, and then it, and then it didn't. Because uh, I thought Todd Munkin did a great job adjusting. Matt Lafleur was brilliant. Jordan Love made some mistakes. Was sloppy. I, I don't know if you took anything else. Matt Lafleur was brilliant with everything except for again time management. Uh, that seems to be a recurring issue with Matt Lafleur and his peculiar usage of timeouts and all this kind of stuff. Uh, when it comes to like the final like five minutes, and he needs. Something to go his way, he gets in his way. It's kind of like Sean McDermott and the fake punt, except for in a like two totally different areas of coaching. But it's just like you know, I look at Sean McDermott and I go, "Why green light a fake punt right there? Like that makes no sense." And then put it into Demar Hamlin's hands, who is a safety, and I'm just like, I, I do not get it. That, but, so uh, well, uh, they said on the I don't know I don't know if the broadcast was correct or not, but they said on the broadcast that it was like an instant check when they they saw that there were only ten players on the field. But I agree, it was a stupid call at the in the moment. It did it didn't actually eventually hurt them because of also Chiefs stupidity giving the football to Miko Hardman yeah. on the goal line. But I, I yeah. thought I mean look, Jordan Love had the opportunity with a minute seven to go and to, to all they needed was a field goal. And I just thought I thought Green he, Bay played a sloppy he, he, game. Hey, listen. When you when you when you got the new the new Brett Favre, you're gonna get the new Brett Favre throws. She, uh, God, did it feel like <laughs> it's the most Brett Favre throw I've ever seen it in the did. history of my we life. We were watching it and we we're just like, oh, there's oh. Brett Favre. <laughs> no, it's exactly what it was. Now the problem is, is they also just they they like San Francisco was the better team, but Green Bay played a had they had Green Bay played a good enough game. They they would have won the game. They, like they played a good enough game to win it. They just made too many mistakes. They just it, it was sloppy and they gave away opportunities. You know, drop passes, missed field goals. 
bad decisions by Jordan Love, missed read here off the hand of a running back there. So uh, I think I think nine I, I think the Niners and the Ravens, the best two teams in the league. I think those that's my pick for now. But as I told you, as I said on this show, until Patrick Mahomes is at home, <laughs> until yep. and, until we he's at home on that train, until he's at home, you cannot discount Patrick Mahomes. You cannot. But pick I do him. have a feeling that the Ravens are just going to smoke that ass. Like Ooh. I, I really think that what the Ravens have put together down the stretch is some of the best football that you you've seen any team play this year. But they they have that. They have that Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin magic right going on right now. Lamar Jackson is playing on another level compared to everybody else. And that's all that matters. Like to me, when you have your defense playing out of its mind and your quarterback is hitting his stride like like they are, they are hard to beat. Look, and they're not like the Giants because they're obviously the number one seed. But look at what the Giants did under Eli. This is exactly kind of the situation that they are in is that the fact that nobody's playing better quarterback at, at the quarterback position right now than Lamar Jackson in my mind. The defense, nobody's defense is playing better than the Ravens. Now, the Chiefs are very close, but nobody's playing better than the Ravens on the full 11. And nobody is scheming right now better, in my opinion, than Mike McDonald and Todd Munkin. And that's the perfect storm for a team yeah. now. Matchups are important and everything. And let me say this, Aaron Glenn, you, I don't know if you saw, but Jared Goff goes out of his way to compliment Jared or Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn's defenses for everything that everybody's been like all boohooing over because, oh, his defenses suck. He's held, he's played about seven or eight of the playoff teams uh, that were in the playoffs so far. And he's played it during the regular season. He's held them to around 21.6 points per game. That's pretty damn good when you yeah. can these playoff offenses that are in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I thought I, I, I would say, I think Mahomes is playing as well as Lamar is as well. I put those two there. The, the other two, Ugh. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy Maybe. is, is, is not like, that's why again, Saturday was so frustrating as a Packers fan expecting not to have a chance to win. And then seeing how poorly Purdy played to give them an opportunity to win. And then to not take advantage of the fucking opportunities, I, I might still be a little frustrated, but that's it's fine. Um, I'm over it. It's fine. Uh, I think the Lions might be the most complete football team, but they their biggest weakness might be Jared Goff in the biggest moment. Who knows? But hey, look, he gets and, to us. And listen, they're doing this with Kendall Vador, former yeah, yeah. Titans player Kendall Vador, as a starting cornerback. <laughs> And and uh, Stoney is correct, by the way. Uh, Jason Kelsey was the star of the weekend. Uh, just shirtless behind Taylor Swift is my favorite yes. thing. I, I've never actually wanted to see Taylor Swift on screen until I found out that Jason Kelsey was shirtless in her box, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so uh, all right, uh, quickly here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, Jason Kelsey thoughts just derailed me. I was going to ask you, what are you and Stoney doing next week? If you want to give that a little plug. We're going to the Senior Bowl. We'll be there starting Monday. We're going to drive down on Monday, uh, and we'll be there all the way through Sunday. We're going to be providing all kinds of coverage. Um, I'm trying to schedule up. Stoney has done a magnificent job, of course. Well, I've been taking on the duties of uh, previewing or looking at all these um, head coaching candidates. He's been doing a good job writing up uh, and previewing the Senior Bowl. I'm going to try and add my thoughts to his Senior Bowl stuff as we go. But we got lots and lots 
of Senior Bowl content coming. If anybody followed us last year, now everybody's trying to be us, by the way. we got There's a lot of Titans media that wasn't there last year that sure is coming down to be us. Um, but nobody gave you more in-depth and correct coverage than than us at the senior bowl because we were we nailed a good good chunk you saw a lot of senior bowl players actually playing in the playoffs we Mm -hmm. nailed a good chunk of our likes and we had very few people that we thought weren't were good or were bust that could turned out to be the opposite so we we have a pretty damn good hit rate and this is by far the most stacked senior bowl roster ever uh, they're, they're insanely, it's insanely stacked at almost every position and we are pumped and we are going to be there all day, every day for you guys. And, and that's like basically football show F word. So bros network unofficial type, you name it. They're going to have Back you guys covered. Box, we're there. You, you guys name it. Uh, they'll be there taking care of you guys. And I know this is a little out of order. So, um, hopefully maybe this doesn't throw off your graphics here, but because team, team Ramrod has already asked, so do we think this hire is going to be in the next couple of days with the senior bowl so soon, I, maybe this is, we can push this off, but I just do want to know, do we think the senior bowl having the head coach in place to go to that event is what matters here? Or is it Rand Carthon's scouting department? What, what is that? How does that affect your view of the, them making a decision? Which by the way, they may have already announced a hire by the time you were listening to this, uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. I would say that if, they can always cancel an interview because obviously Dan Quinn is scheduled for his second interview on Wednesday. Uh, so they can always cancel it. Uh, I, I do think Brian Callahan's the leader in the clubhouse, but we actually talked about this. Me and Stoney talked about this, this, this last weekend. Uh, the other, uh, guy in the couple that we, we went down with, he, uh, he asked that question. We, we were kind of wondering and we kind of went back and forth and I think I landed on, the fact that really the GM and the scouts are more important to the senior bowl than really the coaches. There is the element of, well, you don't really know what you're looking for. So how, because you don't have your head coach, right? So you really don't know what you're looking for. But if the full, if the idea is that ran already knows the vision with Miss Amy, and then the head coach is fitting that vision. If that's the idea, then he knows what they'll be looking for because he's more intimate with the knowledge of this roster, the ins and outs, who they're already expecting to re-sign, who they don't want to bring back. So I kind of feel like it's not as important because really just bring all your scouts. Like bring all your scouts that you can that are available. Bring Chad Brinker, bring Anthony Robinson, bring Sarah Bailey, bring everybody you can. And then let's say that they, the the head coach is hired after the fact. Let's say they're they're targeting Mike McDonald or Aaron Glenn, or they're at least waiting to interview, give them a second interview because they liked him so much in the first interview. Then you say, okay, so what do you you look at this roster now? You tell us what you need, and we'll tell you what we saw at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I I ultimately it would be great for them to make the announcement, make the hire, have a couple of days to get contracts signed, families down, do the press conference get settled as much as you can, maybe have some overtures towards coaching staff, have some ideas about who might say yes to your coaching staff, and then head on down to the Senior Bowl as the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. That would be perfect. But oh, be great. it is not worth not hiring the best candidate for. Ultimately, this is the, like, this is, if this has to go three weeks, which again, I doubt it does, but let's say hypothetically it goes for however long, it, it shouldn't, 
this is like recruiting, like like with the with Bama losing players in the portal or or signing day coming up. It's like, guys, you you cannot hire someone to keep a singular recruiting class together. You have to hire someone because he's the best coach of your football team for the next 10 years, hopefully. So I don't think you you should feel the pressure of the senior bowl schedule. If Mike McDonald is the guy that everyone clearly believes is the future and and needs to be the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, then you wait for him. <laughs> like yeah, he's worth, he's I look at it this wait. way. All these all these offensive schemes share so much overlap. It's really just about knowing which players fit the scheme when the coach is hired, right? Like, if I'm going down there, let's say I'm looking at Troy Franklin, I'm watching the wide receivers. Well, I know Troy Franklin does all this stuff good, and I think Troy Franklin's coming. Uh, that I, I've been so engrossed with this, uh, with the coaching search. I may, I mean, Troy Franklin may not be there, but let's say you got Troy Franklin there, and I know, I know Brian Thomas is not going, but let's say Brian Thomas is down there. You know what those guys do, right? You've already re- you you as a scout, right? Your scouts, your you as a GM, you already have the bulk of your profile made up, right? Okay. So with that bulk of the profile made up, you're just adding in new information to whatever player you, you got. So it doesn't matter if and again, Troy Franklin's not down there, but that doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't matter if like you have all this information on Troy Franklin, all this information on Brian Thomas, then you know they if they fit two different schemes in your opinion, then they'll have that information. They already know that information. Right. So in my mind, it, and all these, like I said, all these schemes really have a lot of overlap. You're almost looking for similar players. The, the, the line, uh, like if his quarterback, it's a little bit different, but I don't think like, let's say you hire someone that does a gap running scheme mainly. And then, and you're looking at running backs and you need, and then you also got someone that does a zone scheme running backs. Nowadays they play both and they may be more effective in one, but your teams are kind of almost splitting them down the middle, like stuff like that. It's not that hard to do. It's all about, do you think that Mike McDonald or Aaron Glenn is better than, Brian Callahan, Thomas Brown, and Dan Quinn, who you're interviewing for a second time this week. Yeah. That's what it ultimately comes down to. And if that's what they feel, then that's what you need to do. You need to do get your get the guy that you think will do the best job out of those guys. And if it's one of those guys, it's fine. Because you're I don't think I don't think these these college players I don't think your scouts require going down the senior bowl to it's not the bulk of your thing. Right. You get what I'm saying? You get to know this is really to me, the senior bowl is more about playing to different levels of competition, the players stepping up to different levels of competition and the team getting to know the player. How coachable are they? What's their personality like in interviews? That to me is what's it's not. It's not really you're recruiting for scheme or looking at these players and and looking for how do they fit my scheme you already know that well and if rand's meeting with all these guys in but to get to know who they are as people that should be what you need honestly yeah. so again to your point this is about exclusively picking the guy that is your guy and if the guy happens to still be coaching and you can't hire him right now that doesn't matter it's irrelevant to me it's the same thing to your to, it's the same thing about recency bias like if if you look at 15 years <laughs> of a body of work of a coach 
Aaron Glenn uh, and, and any of these guys. I mean, it doesn't matter which one. You can pick any one of them. I mean, Dan, Dan Quinn is a little different because I think he's because he is a, a known commodity as a head coach. I'm not going to include him. But uh, again, like David Shaw being involved in this is interesting. We can get to him in a second. But just using what you saw this weekend or last weekend or it's it's so asinine to use the one game situation to evaluate 10 or 12 or 15 years of a body of work. We, I mean, we, we got done on, on Thursday talking about Thomas Brown saying, look, I don't even know how much stock you can put in this entire calendar year into what he's going to be into the future because of a lot of context that matters. And so just because Ben, jo- uh, not Ben Johnson, um, why am I drawing a, a, a Aaron Glenn? Bobby Slowick, Bobby Slowick had a bad, bad weekend. On offense. Okay, that doesn't change the fact that he had a brilliant season. Now, it also doesn't change the fact that a, a large number of people are either reporting that he's not ready or there's some intentional negativity out there that he's not ready. But either way, that the entire body of work is what matters. Aaron Glenn is 51 years old. <laughs> like, And it's it, not really that much older than what, peop- what people are making him out to be. You know what I'm saying? Like People are making him out to be like really, really old. Hell, Todd Monken's only fifty-seven, and I was surprised by that. I thought he was at least sixty-four. Um, I just, I just mean but, he's he's got a long track record, a body of work to evaluate him on. Not well, and that, that speaking, what he does this weekend. Which what you're talking about? It's something that I kind of floated out there again, talking to Stony this weekend. Uh, we don't really talk to our wives; we just talk football. <laughs> um, but but we you guys uh, vacation to the coast together. Yeah, <laughs> we we could. Um, the uh, so. I was thinking about this with Bobby Slowick because it's kind of like hard to put into words the, this intangible idea, right? That he is not a people person or that he is not going to be able to be the guy that stands up in a, in a room of 53 men and be taken seriously. Now that that's kind of like an extreme way to, to describe it, but that has been the knock on him is that he's inexperienced. Players don't really jive. He's not ready. All kinds of stuff. So I was talking about this because you could. Everybody's like, "Well, you, you got to have Aaron Glenn. You want Bobby Sloak over Aaron Glenn. Everybody should want that." Aaron Glenn got his start as a positional. He got started as a scout, but obviously his co- main coaching background is a position group. So he has been dealing with players and of different divas, of different attitudes, of different levels of skill. For and communicating how the defense is supposed to be deployed, communicating with them what you need to do in certain situations for a decade, uh, probably over a decade. Bobby Slowick has worked with coaches up until this year. He is working with the coaches to do pass game coordinator, to do quality control. To he's working with Shannon. He's not really working with the players except for this year. And this is the first year that you talk and you hear that maybe he's not ready and all this kind of stuff, because that is a big part of being a head coach. To me, it's like if offensive play calling was the only thing that could make a successful head coach, I'd be all in on Bobby Sloak as number one, all in. You couldn't convince me otherwise, but there is just so much more that goes into it besides that. And I think his coaching background shows that he's just not quite ready yet. Yeah. Because even Mike McDaniels never called plays has dealt with players. You look at, uh, because that's Kyle Shanahan was the same way. You know, everybody in the Shanahan tree comes from a positional coach background. 
and years of being a positional coach. I think that matters a lot in the context of talking about the Shanahan McVay coaches. Uh, Ed says, is hiring someone before a senior bowl a consideration? Do they want the HC and the staff there? Uh, Ed, welcome to the show. He may just be a little behind. That's or a, maybe that's he okay. just jumped in now. That's okay. We love you. Uh, but uh, go back and check out the first, uh, the last like 15 minutes of the show or so. We, we, we kind of, this is sort of the conversation we're in the middle of here and, and wrapping up, which is again, uh, like, because Dan Quinn, not a, a, a terrible showing for the Cowboys in his last game of the season. Um, again, Bobby Slowick offensively got totally shut down. Did not score an offensive touchdown, right? Against uh, the Ravens over the weekend. Yep. I mean, to totally shut down. Um, I, and I think my, Brian Johnson for the Eagles. Eagles, one of the worst showings in the history of wildcard football, totally shut down. Uh, so don't use those games and those individual moments as any way to to, to make Would a you decision see the on who you about like. That came out over the weekend. Sorry, so, I, I didn't catch that. Uh, so over the weekend, it was reported by um, Ralph Vaccini, Vacciano, Vacciano, yeah, Vacciano, uh, the Fox Sports e NFC East guy that reportedly coming out of Philly was that uh, Jalen Hurts late in the season started to go rogue at the line of scrimmage, calling audibles and protections and all this kind of stuff without the input of the coaches. Hmm. What happened down the, the end of the season? Oh yeah. They went on the big losing streak. Hmm. Wonder whose fault that is. Looks, it sounds like it's Jalen Hurts, not Brian Johnson because Brian Johnson the first 11 weeks, the first 11 games was doing really good. And I and I put that in my article coming out tomorrow. Now, listen, I'm not advocating for Brian Johnson as, sure. as head coach or anything. I'm just saying this goes into your recency bias, your context, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, quickly, I, I've, I've technically worked with Ralph for, I don't know, 15 years. We used him at Athlon Sports for a very, very long time. So I've known Ralph for a long time. He generally is pretty well connected. Uh, Northeastern beat writer. Uh, so I, I would take what he says seriously, but as is the case with everything, you have to sort of always understand that things are tainted and things that there's always, a, there's always an angle to be played no matter what the report is. Again, just think about the Bobby Slowick reports right now, which is that, and it's like across the board, it's Paul Kaharski, it's John McClain. They've been, they've been now a couple of weeks because John McClain yeah. was the first one to say it uh, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Then then TD echoed it a day later. Then PK echoed it a week later, and I've heard Buck do it as well. Now, they're all doing their own reporting, supposedly, but maybe they're all talking to the same people by chance. I don't well, know. It, and that's that what seems to be the case here is that right now, but I can't we all just kind of agree that this does make sense though. Like, doesn't it make sense? It, it, it makes complete sense. And I actually, so I listen to those, those guys, cause those guys are well-sourced. Um, I don't always trust John McClain's opinion, but he's incredibly well-sourced, um, yeah. which is, which is fine. That's, that's the nature of the beast. And, and that was I, from his source. I reached out to somebody that I know that's sort of in a nearish market. Let's just say <laughs> that I know that's pretty well connected and the same kind of deal. So I, I find it hard that, um, that look, he's really talented. He's really smart, great offense, but like not sure if he's ready yet. Bas basically is, is the report. And that's kind of paraphrasing what everybody else has been saying. And that doesn't mean he wouldn't be ready quickly for the, for the record. It doesn't mean he wouldn't regain those skills quickly over this year or the next year. The only bad vibes, man, he's got the, bad vibes. The only other thing it could possibly be just again, using this as an example of making sure you consider everything. The only other possibility that this could be is that there is some sort of concerted effort to, um, you know, not not drag him through the mud. That's the wrong term, but like concerted effort to downplay his ability and upside to keep him around. 
And that would well, be coming this, from Do D'Amico you think Ryan's. that what other people say as far as like John McClain, PK, what they what they tell people tell us, does that even factor into a coaching search? That's a good. Oh, you're saying like why does why would if that you're even? Because it's like Amy Adams drunk Rent Carthon driving in their car and they hear that John McClain said, oh, well, you know, he said this. No, no, you're Rick right. Rick Carthon knows Bobby Sloak, right? I mean, like, he knows Bobby Sloak way before yes, anybody. Yes. So, like, this, I don't I don't think that really factors into the coaching. I would say at, it does at all. It does in college because we've seen, like, all these major boosters are on the message boards, just like all the regular, yeah. quote-unquote, regular fans. And so we've, we've seen, you know, Greg Schiano happen or... Mark Stoops so like, happen at Texas A&M yeah. or whatever, but it doesn't happen in the NFL. It's not an NFL right. thing. I I would argue. So uh, to your point, to your point, I I yeah. tend to agree with you on that. So, so and, again, and, and of all people to know is Rank Carthon, right? His experience at San Francisco, his experience with Bobby Sloak, and they yeah. probably know each other very well. If there's no second interview for Bobby Sloak anywhere, but specifically the Tennessee Titans, that tells you a lot about Bobby Sloak. Yep. In my opinion. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's, uh, Seekers Beverages, Kingster Grip, our two great, proud, and awesome, and amazing sponsors. Uh, Bluegrass Beverages, a sponsor of a football and other F words show. You can get to them up in Bluegrass, up in Hendersonville if you're up in that area. So make sure you tune in, uh, to all of that. We've got a lot of updates and a lot of stuff to get to here with the Titans coaching search with actual candidates and news. I know for those of you who stuck around for the first 35 minutes of the show, we do appreciate it because now we're going to get into the real shit. And I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my final sort of answer here because I'm just sort of like done with. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten enough information. I've gotten enough data. I've read Stack in the Inbox enough times. I've watched the, the, the everything. I've done sort of the text messaging and asking folks. I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where I feel like, all right, this is what I think now. And it's official and it's not going to be all that surprising uh, to, to you or to anyone else. But we'll we'll get to that in a second. So. Here's what's happened since then, Brian, since we talked. Brian Callahan got a second interview. That took place. Uh, you've got Thomas Brown requested a second interview, the Titans did, for he, Thomas Brown. It's scheduled today. It's scheduled so, for today. So both Brian Callahan on Monday, Brian Callahan, Thomas Brown, at some point on Monday will have completed their second in-person interview. Their, their, their first in-person interview, but their second interview as a whole. Yes. Yes, and the 22nd, which is, of course, today, was the first time you could have in-person interviews uh yes. dan quinn is scheduled i believe tuesday or was it wednesday wednesday for his second interview officially david shaw conducted an interview over the weekend the former stanford head football coach who's got a track record in the nfl uh of working in the nfl but really his, yep. his sort of claim to fame was a, a pretty decent chunk of time at stanford where they were great and then they weren't great <laughs> after after that um and then i i don't know what else i, I think the I still don't think they've conducted an interview with Ben Johnson officially. No. So what? what no, I, I, we, the Ben Johnson thing, I write about it for stacking the inbox tomorrow. Cause I kind of put Ben Johnson, David Shaw, uh, Brian Johnson, Dan Quinn, all in one article. Cause at this point I feel like, and I, you probably are agree. That's Brian Callahan's job to lose at this point. <laughs> like I would put it, I would put, that Brian Callahan should be the favorite to land the job. And that could happen at any point in time. So I was like, I got to get these last four guys covered in some capacity. So that will be coming out on stacking the inbox on Tuesday. But this whole thing about Ben Johnson is that like people are trying the, the pro Vrabel anti Amy or dysfunction or pro dysfunctional organization crowd are trying to spin this as embarrassing uh, that he is not, Take this is the only job that he has not interviewed for. Um, 
so this past last week, right? He, he because he played in the playoff games in the uh, division or in and won in the wild card round. They couldn't have interviews start up till Wednesday. He put all of his interviews on like two days, and and those were towards the end. So to me, it's just like maybe it's just a scheduling thing because he is prepping for an actual fucking football game. Uh, so maybe it's a scheduling thing. But at the end of the day, do you really want a guy that doesn't want to be here? We all kind of have written off Ben Johnson as even being a legit uh, candidate and a legit landing spot for Ben Johnson for a week and a half now. Um, it can't if you have ten of eleven people accept your interview. You do not have an embarrassing moment if one guy says no. No, I think, but again, I don't, it could be two things that are true. Like, this is just not the job Ben Johnson wants. And also, it's not about all the stuff you're talking about. Because, again, he interviewed with all these other places. It does feel like Washington seems to be the front runner for Ben Johnson. But uh, again, like, Washington might have some things that he might, that, that, and I, I learned this a long time ago working for an editor at Athlon Sports where he said, you, you, you can analyze jobs, and this is more applicable to college because they're so different, right? Each job is so different, different power structure, different geography, different conferences. The NFL, the jobs are almost all kind of the same with some di slight differences about, you know, oh, do you have a franchise quarterback or not? Like, those are important. But basically, you never know what makes an individual tick. You can broad brush the jobs and say Carolina looks like the worst job or X, Y, and Z looks like a better job. But ultimately, you, where, where does the coach's wife want to live? What part of the country do they want to live in? And if you've got five opportunities, you may view them very differently than you or me or anyone in any of those other markets. So yeah. you can't like. And you why just never... waste your time? I, I agree. It doesn't. I, again, listen, outside what of if the Titans rescinded the interview, and we just didn't know it. Like maybe they kind of poked yeah, around think... and found out that the fifteen million dollars per year is a real thing. That's really what he's wanting. They're like, well, fuck that. We really like Brian Callahan, so why even? continue on with the charade that we're not going to even, you know, pay for. I can say, and this, I'll just play the role here because I tend to lean a little bit more. I'm doubt. I don't know about firing Vrabel. There is dysfunction in the process with Amy Adams drunk and it has nothing to do with Ben Johnson's opinion. Like yeah, I, I, I you, can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I think that's, People that, that think is it's embarrassing are. are just wanting it to be embarrassing because they can't believe that the Titans fired Vrabel. That, so, that's just where I'm at. I mean, there's still people out here defending NWI. Uh, my co-host is doing that, saying that NWI and Jawan Johnson are the same player. Uh, Mike's an idiot, and he will be called an idiot when I see him because obviously one guy's played considerably more snaps than Jawan Jennings. Or sorry, I said Jawan Johnson, but Jawan Jennings. Um, Jawan Jennings. Like, we're, we're not NWI to Jawan. Yeah, I don't think those are like. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculousness. And then you got people like, you know, trying to, you know, say, well, look at Andy Reid calling a, an end around with McCole Hardman. See, everybody calls stupid plays. Maybe it's the quantity of stupid offensive plays that get called with the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. And not just that, oh, here's a one-off. Um, but, you know, they're, 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 there's a lot of pro-vrableness out there outside of that kind of those two guys or the outside of that, what I'm talking about. But, and I think that's why people think it's embarrassing but he wasn't coming here. I mean, we kind of all knew that once the commander's job came open with Adam Peters being signed there, the ownership over there, having your pretty much maybe your pick of quarterbacks, 
that's likely where most guys want to go, but that's specifically probably where Ben Johnson wants to go. And oh, by the I'd way, I'd be very surprised if he ends up anywhere else. Shitty owner has been finally removed. You've got cap yeah. space. Like, again, this is like you it just don't know. Easily the most attractive job. And I think just, Ben Johnson is a guy that's going to command the most attractive job. Yeah. And well, and you just don't know. The again, you never know what makes a guy tick. A guy might look at Jeffrey yeah. Simmons and be like, that's my favorite piece on the board. Like, or a guy might look at the offensive weapons for Atlanta and be like, I want to build, I'm going to find my quarterback, but now I've got Pitts and London and Robinson and I'm going to build around those guys. Like, you just don't know how a guy, how any of these people view these things individually. We can tell who they interviewed with, and that is a sign of some of this stuff. Um, Aaron Glenn and Mike McDonald, by the way, of course, the defensive coordinators for Detroit and Baltimore cannot interview in person until next week, of course, until after the, after the championship rounds, I believe January 29th. From there, they only have that week. From yeah. if they win, if they win, uh, whoever the the teams that win, those coaches that if the Titans were to hold off, only have from January 29th all the way to February, I believe fourth or fifth that Sunday. So they had that Super Bowl bye week to figure out what they uh, if to to interview in person. So ultimately, let me let me ask you. Thomas Brown, Dan Quinn, David Shaw, those guys getting seconds and then Shaw getting his first. Is that an indicator of just where we are at in the calendar and where we're at in the search? They're just doing their diligence. Do you think that those are I mean, those three names would be way down the list on on this 10 or 11 list name of of who I would hire to be the head coach. Or is I, this Thomas Brown would be pretty high on my list. I mean, he's right there in that Aaron Glenn, uh, Bobby Slowick tier for me. Um but yeah, I mean David Shaw, Dan Quinn. I don't. I. I. You know, last week, last Friday, or no, last Thursday, when we were driving down, we were listening to TD on uh, Stillman and Company for the TD Power Hour, and they basically both laughed at David Shaw um, being interviewed. I can't remember where he was being interviewed. Maybe the Chargers or something. But it was like. Chargers. It was clearly for the Rooney rule, right? Like it was clear. That's what they alluded to. It was clearly for the Rooney rule. And then a day later, David Shaw's announced that, you know, he's, he's going to be coming in for an interview, which is just for the Tennessee Titans. So could there be, could that be Rooney rule or could that be, because I found this connection out while I was writing my article for tomorrow, David Shaw was a qual offensive quality control coach that got moved up to quarterbacks coach with the uh, Oakland Raiders from 1998 to 2001. Old Bill Callahan was the offensive coordinator during that time. Yeah, I, I think the, so. So you, I, I kind of get like the sense I asked I've you this. Getting, you did. I asked you I this on Thursday. David Shaw at the time, but I'm kind of getting the sense that like. Is there a little staff building or due diligence being done at the same time? Now that I see David Shaw, could he be quarterbacks coach? That's he has a history of being quarterbacks coach. Could he be pass game coordinator and offensive coordinator or something like that? Or offensive coordinator? Possibly. And maybe they bring in Thomas Brown, like I said, to do to rehabilitate his image a little bit, give him a little bit more experience. Why Brian Callahan still calls the plays. We don't know. But I do find it interesting that there are ties to yep. certain people between Thomas Brown and David Shaw, and I and and I do find it odd that Dan Quinn was put on the 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 second round 
because I wonder if it's just like, I wonder if they're even going to make it to Wednesday. Well, so I, there's a good chance they don't. That's a great point because if Callahan is the guy, and so let's go back to Vrabel and Lafleur. Let's say they interview Vrabel, and and they you so they you sort of know you're going to interview Lafleur probably too. Let's say you interview Vrabel, and Vrabel says, "Man, guys, look, I would love to have Matt Lafleur as my offensive coordinator. I, I think he's he deserves a chance to call plays. It's going to be his first chance. It's a promotion. I, I I know everything about him. I've schemed against him. I think it's great. I want him to be a coordinator. And apparently." By all accounts, he needed to be sold on that. Matt LaFleur did. I mean, he wasn't too far away from becoming a head coach of <laughs> of his own. And so it wouldn't be all that strange with the guy you first interview, Brian Callahan, to have a lot of conversations about names that you really like. Here are a bunch of guys that I really like, whether it's Thomas Brown, whether it's David Shaw, because I think ultimately your answer to my question on Thursday when I said, hey, is there any chance we could get a combination of these guys? I think your answer is correct, which is, the guy who gets the job needs to decide who the staff is. But that doesn't mean that those names weren't floated in a meeting during the first interview. Right. And that he doesn't say, look, I really like what Thomas Brown is doing with X, Y, and Z. I really like David Shaw because I've known him for 25 years. And while he had a great stretch, and I know Shaw probably better than a lot of these candidates from like a, I, he really ran the program quite well. And as the game started to evolve, he lost track of the game of college football. And Stanford and the Pac-12 fell behind from a revenue standpoint. They did not adapt to the portal at all. Like Stanford just kind of lost it from a recruiting standpoint. From an offensive mind standpoint, I still think David Shaw's a pretty good offensive coach or a pretty good coach with the quarterbacks that he's worked with, a lot of track record with great names. I, I would not be surprised if that was, if again, if Brian Callahan is the guy, which could be announced by the time we're done with the show, if Brian Callahan's the guy, that these names are kind of on this list because Brian Callahan was like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I really like these guys. Oh, by the way, not that they need a Rooney rule thing because they've interviewed like five minority candidates. But... You got to have two in-person external candidates. But that's but I do I do write that about that in my piece is that like you could still have interviewed in person Brian Johnson. Right. Right. I mean, you didn't have to interview David Shaw. You could have interviewed Brian Johnson because he you already interviewed him in a virtual session. Right. So like yep. if you needed the Rooney rule, you could have done it a couple days. You could still bring in a Leslie Frazier, right? And or a Raheem Morris and interview them in person. It didn't have to be David Shaw, right? So to me, it's just like that's just so random. It's hard not to make the connection. But I also yep. find it yep. I also find the fact that both Brian Callahan and Thomas Brown are coming in on the same day. For in-person interviews, <laughs> kind of hard to ignore that too, right? Like it's kind of hard to ignore some of the some of the connections and signs, yeah, and maybe yeah. it means ultimately it means nothing. But I do find it odd that obviously you are interviewing two people on the same day in person that do have somewhat of a connection. It's not like a strong connection, but Thomas Brown has a connection to Rand Carthon from when he got drafted by the Falcons at the same time that Carthon was a pro scout there. Uh, obviously, familiarity, you know, L.A. Rams versus San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, Zach Taylor comes from the L.A. Rams. So there are little connections oh, to yeah. A yeah. that it would be kind of, it'd be kind of hard to not think that something is a brewing with those three candidates. Yes, I, I tend to. And it doesn't mean it's going to work. It's going to end up in some sort of like trio of power for offensive minds that all get along maybe and like each nothing. other, maybe nothing, you but know, like, maybe nothing. But I, I find it generally Occam's razor here, like the simplest and most 
you know, straightforward explanation is generally the accurate one. Uh, again, we've seen the Titans do this before with Brable and LaFleur. So I don't think it's all that surprising to say that maybe Brian Callahan said, yes, I would love Thomas Brown or yes, I would love David Shaw to be on my staff in some capacity. Um, you, you got Stoney asking where are you guys at on Charles London? I, Stoney, you've listened to Zach talk too many times on uh, just in general at clubs in the pool, you know, floating flotation devices on podcasts. Like, you know that he wants Charles London on the staff. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, now, now, listen, if you're if you're coming in to tell me that you can have David Shaw or Charles London, I'm taking David Shaw. Interesting. I, I David over, Shaw over, has, as far as quarterback coach, I mean, like, I, I mean, good quarterback coach and offensive mind uh, uh, on that. Yeah. And, you know. Just saying, I'm not saying that Will Levis is Andrew Luck or anything, but I'm just saying. Well, Jim Harbaugh also recruit. Jim Harbaugh also recruited and developed Andrew yeah. Luck first before David Shaw yeah. got there. I, I, I believe. I see. I here's the thing about David Shaw. I really liked David Shaw as a head coach, and my college coverage of him because it trended so poorly so quickly. I maybe have that bad taste in my mouth, and maybe that is a vi- being a victim of recency. But it was like multiple years. Of decline, but a lot of that I There's think is more. There's a difference between being a quarterback coach and a running an entire program me. that didn't without funding. You didn't let me finish. All of that you is the bigger. All of that is the big picture trajectory of the program of which he was in charge, not the development of said player. And so, d- exactly, right. you're exactly right. So, um, okay, well, I, I don't know. Do, do you want to ultimately make a final pick here, final prediction? Because I like I, here's the I deal. Mean, I, my my. my it hasn't changed for me. It's Brian Callahan. Like I, I have, think it's Brian I, Callahan. He's he was the first person that was announced to take the job. Justin Miller broke it. He was the first person announced to get a second interview. He is he makes the most sense out of all these candidates. He makes one hundred percent the most sense. He he is opposite of Vrabel without getting rid of everything that made Vrabel good, which was his relationship with the players. If you there are so many stories out there about Brian Callahan. Uh, calling out on the sidelines and calling out players in the media and them responding well to it. They loved it. And that changed out, changed their whole outlook on the season around. Uh, He's developed every quarterback and knows how to talk to every quarterback. He has the best staff he can get. Uh, I think that he is everything that you're looking for in a head coach. I even if he was like the defensive side, I would be still be saying this about Brian Callahan, but he's offensive too. So that's another boost. I do not care. They has never called plays before or the, I know that Zach Taylor said, well, he's basically done play calling with the way he's involved in the offense and all the stuff. And I know he said all that. Isn't he like in the, the head? Isn't he in the, isn't he in the yeah, headset in, in the, at the end of the day, Zach Taylor calls the plays. Like we we just gotta call it like it is. Does not mean that he's not involved or he they mute his headset or anything. But at the end of the day, Zach Taylor calls the yeah, plays. Yeah. But that doesn't really matter. I don't think it really matters at all. I think people are so wrapped up that you have to have a play calling offensive head coach or a head coach with offensive play calling experience. It doesn't fucking matter. Just get the best guy. Was Le- correct me if I'm wrong. Was Lafleur calling the plays? When he took over at the Titans offensive coordinator before? No. I don't no, think he when was. He came over, he was a compilate. Mike and, McDaniel and, was a calling plays at when yeah. he when he left. Yeah. Uh it, it does that's what I'm saying. It doesn't fucking matter. The Tennessee Titans uh people Andrew are just who, wrapped up in the stupidest stuff because and, everybody thinks it sounds yeah. cool because someone told him on the radio. Andrew says, Whose notifications should you turn on? Who do you all think will break the news? My guess is would, would be Diana Rossini or Adam Schefter or 
or Ian Rappaport. But if you're talking locally, that I, you know, the Tennessee Titans probably will. Be I don't know. Or, I mean, let me let me say something. Uh, there's been this. Uh, shit. Uh, hold on. Jonathan Jones has been really first and really early on a couple of things regarding this Titans head coach. So that is Jay Jones uh, nine. So like, here's who I have. And like, I have a notifications on list. I mean, obviously you may not need this full list, Andrew, but I have Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, Tom Pelissero, Adam Schefter, and uh, Jay Jonathan Jones, Diana Rossini, and Jeremy Fowler. Yeah. You're going to get covered that way. Don't need notifications on for your local people because they're not going to be the ones to break the news. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably not. Unfortunately, but that's that's not actually anybody's fault. That's just no, no, they, that's, that's not anybody's fault. That's just that's just how the cookie crumbles. It's because ESPN pays billions of dollars to the NFL. <laughs> well, hell, why that they, they they can listen. We got people saying that oh, the Titans have completed an interview with such and such candidate hours after the Titans already tweeted it out. So like, yep. you know. Yep, guys, yep, just retweet yep. what the Titans tweet out. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. So they just make it easy. So ultimately, um, like if I if I'm not including Ben Johnson in this conversation, because I'm just going to kind of take him off the board because I don't yeah, think I he's interested, and I don't think like they've been requested. They've gotten every other interview. It seems like that's not a thing that's going to happen. So I could argue Ben Johnson over Brian Callahan, but after that. After doing the the week and a half, two weeks of research and reading and listening to you guys, and I I just and, ma- and kind of digging my own holes and and digging and seeing what I find, it, it is hard to find a, a candidate that offers more to what you what matters most to the franchise, which is Will Levis. Everything that they decide should be built around Will Levis, and like if that means it's Brian Callahan who is an offensive mind, who has a little bit of player's experience, who's designed great offenses and worked with great quarterbacks, uh, has all of the things you need to build a staff around Will Levis and around the, the quarterback situation. It sounds like he might have be, even be influencing other names, the Thomas Browns and David Shaws. Again, that's purely speculation on our part, but that that is my feeling, is that he wants Thomas Brown or David Shaw to be a part of the staff in some way, shape, or form. And I think as long as you can come up with a pretty good defensive coordinator, maybe somebody with some experience, it's hard to see why Brian Callahan is not the best candidate on the board. It's hard to find a a thing that makes someone else better. None of the other offensive minds, again, outside of Ben Johnson, none of the other, and he's not really that interested. Otherwise it, then you go to the other side and Mike McDonald has been yours and my top choice on the defensive side since the beginning of this entire conversation. So, and you're not going to really be have a chance to get their in-person interview until next week, win or lose. So I, outside of McDonald, it, it feels like a Callahan Brown combo is, is what I want to see and, or David Shaw, whatever. But I think Callahan's the guy. And, um, it, we, by the time you're hearing this, they can make an announcement. They could have him down at the senior bowl. They could have the press conference by Thursday and it could be up. They could have it up and running if they want to make the decision. They've kind of checked all the boxes they need to check, I think, at this point to, to make yeah. a decision. So Yeah. Well, I, once the interview is completed uh, with Thomas Brown, they have checked every box you can quite possibly check. They've done all. They've interviewed 10 people virtually, nine people virtually, one person in person, David Shaw, and then they've had now Thomas Brown and uh, Brian Callahan scheduled up for second interviews. No other second interviews besides Dan Quinn have been announced or scheduled, which would make you assume, at the very least, at least the other 
See why I say nine, so uh, ten. So the other seven that have virtually interviewed are not getting second-rounders at this point. So the only holdup and the only question is, where does Mike McDonald and Aaron Glenn fall on their priority or their want list? Is Brian Callahan number three on that list out of those three guys? Is he number two or is he number one? Because if he's number one, you go ahead and hire him. If he's maybe number two or number three, you wait. And that's what we should know. I my order would be Callahan one, McDonald two, Glenn three, and he should and Callahan should be no lower than two. Uh I would do I would have Glenn th- basically I'd have Glenn three on that list no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Uh, the, and and I don't know if we said this or not, but it was in the it was in the comments, and I did not notice this, but uh, the David Shaw interview was in person uh, yesterday. So um, yeah. there you go. Okay, all right. Uh, otherwise, I think that's your update. I, I I think there's a chance that they they hire Brian Callahan, and it is announced in the next 24 hours. That's what I would. We'll I see. Would I mean, hopefully, Mike McDonald hopefully might be the guy. Though. I'm with you. I hope that's the case. I, I think McDonald is very qualified. I think Aaron Glenn is very qualified. I do not think he that is the best possible thing you could do for the most important asset in your building, Will Levis. That that is that is my that's been our take since the beginning. So I do I do think people overblow this whole your offensive coordinator is constantly changing thing. As long as the system stays the same, that's what matters. Just one. I, I I agree. Uh, I agree. It is. I just rather have a guy here for ten years that works with Will Levis for ten years and they're like best friends. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's hope that's the case with no matter who they hire, uh, that that Will Levis improves his accuracy, that they build around Will Levis. And there we go. Let's just hope that everything works out and comes up Titans, which it likely won't because God hates (laughs) Titans and God hates uh, me having any kind of happiness. There you go. It's all about you, Zach. Uh, Sinker's Beverages, the Kingston Group, of course, Blue Gas Beverages in Hendersonville. Check out all those great local businesses that support all of these products. And uh, we're we're pretty close to uh, Stony and and Zach taking over the, the the Gulf Coast here pretty soon. I'm excited about the coverage. Can't wait. Senior Bowl coming up. Going to be a lot of great players down there. The Titans are going to be very very interested in. So make sure you turn on all the notifications. Give us a subscription on the 440 Sports YouTube page as well as uh, football and other f words. You got Sobros Network. Check those guys out as well. All the great work that they do. A lot of interesting stuff over there. <laughs> Not just sports. A lot of other interesting stuff. So thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you guys for listening. Again, Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group. His name is Zach Lyons. My name is Braden Gall. The snow is finally melting and my children are out of the house. It is a wonderful day to be alive. Maybe the Tennessee Titans will have a head coach the next time we talk. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. <laughs>